What's up, Chief Kingdom? This is your boy, Chris Style. You are tuned in to the Arrowhead Chief Podcast. Hope you guys are having a good week, ready for some divisional round playoffs. We got a slate of games this weekend, including your Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Buffalo Bills. We also got the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Tennessee Titans on Saturday. And we got the NFC with the uh, L.A. Rams taking on the Buccaneers. And we got the uh, San Francisco 49ers taking on the Green Bay Packers. All AFC and NFC championship uh, implications. So, but... Let's uh, start with this. Uh, the Ch- the Chiefs coming off of a very great showing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And let's be clear, we all expected this. Well, I expected this. I don't, you know, I had an intervention with some of y'all last week talking about expectations. And I'm just going to tell you, my expectations were exactly what we saw on Sunday. Obliteration. We were the better team. We have the better quarterback. We have the better coach. We got. We, we have, and no, no disrespect to Mike Tomlin. He is a Hall of Fame coach in his right. And, <clears throat> and when we had Alex Smith and when Big Ben was Big Ben and he was the better quarterback of the two, Mike Tomlin had our number. He would beat us. He had the better team. Well, here we are. The tables have turned. Mahomes is better than Big Ben at, in, in Big Ben's career. And, look, kudos to Big Ben. He had a Hall of Fame <coughs> excuse me, a Hall of Fame career, and he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's going to uh, be in Canton someday. But <coughs> he is well past his prime. He is no longer a top-tier quarterback anymore. He can't push the football down the field. And he can't, and he's just limited. And those limitations reared his ugly head on Sunday. And even with the uh, the Chiefs starting off slow, and they started off real slow. I think they first seven possessions they punted the football. And kudos to the Pittsburgh Steelers; they do have some guys over there with T.J. Watt, who's arguably the best defensive player in the league. Um, and, and Cam uh, was a Casey Hayward, who's one of the better defensive tackles in the league. Um, they don't have no slouches over there. Joe Hayden, he's one of the better corners in the league. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, you know, they have some guys over there. And it just took a little bit of time for the Chiefs to settle down. And once they got rolling, baby, they got rolling. Mahomes was incredible. Uh, Ty- Travis Kelsey was incredible. Uh, you got Byron Pringle. We had trick plays, uh, Jared McKinney, and that's who I want to talk about. Let's start off with Jared McKinney. Now, when we signed Jared McKinney, when they signed Jared McKinney in the offseason, I was, I was one of the ones that said that that signing can be an X-factor signing because Jared McKinnon, I knew, you know, I followed Jared McKinnon when he was with the 49ers and when he was with the Vikings. Now, unfortunately, he had injury issues, so he could never finish the season. But when the kid was on the field, I saw a juice. They don't call him Jet McKinnon for nothing. The kid, he, he's, he's really fast. He brings a burst that none of the inter, other running backs bring in the backfield. Now, no, that's no slight to the other running backs. I'm one of the few people who like Clyde Edwards-Alaire. 
um, Clyde brings a different flavor to the team. He can catch out of the backfield. He's small. He's shifty. You know, <coughs> he can run between the tackles pretty good. Um, Daryl Williams is he's more of the bigger back, third third down possession type of back. Um, he can move the pile. Um, he's he's a he's a short yardage, big body dude. Then you have um, Derek Gore, who's a one cut type dude. He he cut he'll cut hit the hole, and he can be off to the races. Whereas in Jarek McKinney, he can hit the the one thing that those other running backs can't do is he he can hit the edges. He can go around the edges and beat defenders with speed. And we haven't had that probably since uh, probably since Jamal Charles, because even Kareem Hunt wasn't the fastest guy. He, he he was you know he was a great running back, and and, and Kareem his biggest strength was his uh, breaking his tackle his elusiveness. You could he could break tackles just when you thought you had him, he would break like three or four tackles, and next thing you know he's you know breaking off a 10, 15 yard run. What Jerry McKinnon showed on Sunday is that he can hit the edges. He can, he can get around defenders. Um, he's elusive. He can go between the tackles. He's good catching the football. He can make something happen in space. And that is something that we were missing in this offense that he brings. And I'm hoping that even if Clyde is healthy on Sunday, even if Darrell Williams is healthy on Sunday, that we roll with Jerry McKinney and he's the hot hand right now. And we, we, we can sprinkle in Clyde. We can sprinkle in Darrell. We can even sprinkle in Derek Gore. But I just want to see uh, Andy reward Jarek McKinnon. He deserves to be rewarded for the performance that he put on, not just last week, but the week before that in Denver. He made a move and got into the end zone. The kid showed some juice, and I like it. I, I love it. And I want to see more of it. Byron Pringle, the guy continues to show that he is reliable. No, is he, uh, uh, is Byron Pringle a, a, a thousand yard receiver? No. But what Byron Pringle is, is that he can get open. He shows that he can get open in one on one situations. He put a move on Joe Hayden to get his first touchdown. He's good and, and like, He's good at tough catches. When when Patrick throws up something, he'll go up and get it. He's a tough kid. He'll, he'll take a hit and, and hold on to the ball. Now, sometimes he'll have drops, and we don't need that in this game. But for the most part, Byron Pringle, I would say this year, has showed his value in this offense. Miko Harmon, they're starting to use Miko, and they found a role for Miko. With the jet sweeps, with the uh, with the screen game, um, he's even getting better in the out. He, he, he caught an out route for a first down. Like he, he caught, I think he caught like a what, forty yard uh, reception. Um, Miko Hardman is starting to step up at the right time. Even in the punt game, he showed some juice early in the game. And that's what we're going to need to beat the Buffalo Bills and moving forward. But definitely against the Buffalo Bills, we're going to need those guys, the other guys. I'm not worried about a Travis Kelsey. I'm not worried about a Tyreek Hill. Those guys are going to get doubled. 
They're going to play the too high safety to take away the deep stuff like teams have been doing all year. And Travis Kelsey, they're going to put, you know, a safety or a linebacker on him, probably Milano or Trey Edmonds, and they're going to and they're going to try to bother uh Travis Kelsey. They're going to push him, they're going to pull him, and if the referees are not going to pull throw flags on like holding calls on him cuz you know Travis can get held, he gets pushed down, and nobody throws a flag. And if that continues, that can frustrate Travis Kelsey. He, he starts getting into his psyche, and he starts playing. He doesn't play to the capabilities that he's able to play at. So we got to look out for those type of things with Travis Kelsey. We got to look, you know, and, and even with Tyreek Hill, if they don't get him the ball early, sometimes Tyreek Hill can be taken out of the game. And we're definitely going to need our superstars to step up to the plate, or at least one of them, to be great. Last week, Travis was great. Tyreek had his moments. But it was sprinkled in with the Byron Pringles, the Miko Harmons, Jared McKinnon. And that's the type of game, that's what we're going to need for the Buffalo Bills, is those three guys or those other players, even Demarcus Robinson caught a t- uh, uh, first down. Now, I would like Demarcus Robinson to stop carrying the football like a, 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 a loaf of bread, stop carrying it like that, but he showed, he, he, he showed up when, when Patrick needed him. So those guys are going to be key in this Buffalo Bills game. Now, before I get further into the Buffalo game and um, <coughs> get more in-depth into it, um, I want to talk about this Cincinnati Bengals and Tennessee Titans game. Um, this is going to be – we're going to get – they play Saturday at 1.30 well, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central Time, 1.30 Pacific Time, which is my time – I'm on the West Coast in Las Vegas. But this game is going to be interesting because um, we're going to know where we're playing at before we start, before we play on Sunday. We could be playing at home. If Cincinnati wins, we'll be playing the AFC Championship game in Kansas City. If the Tennessee Titans win will be traveling to Nashville. Now, each team's present a different type of flavor. You know, Cincinnati is more similar to us as high fly, high power offense, uh, weapons galore, very good. You know, a quarterback who's ascending in Joe Burrows. You got a receiver who's ascending to be one of the top receivers of Jamar Chase. You got T. Higgins, who's a good number two. Tyler Boyd. You got uh, C.J. Uzuma, who's a really good tight end. Joe Mixon is one of the top five running backs in the league. And then on the defensive side, they got, you know, a couple guys that can rush the passer and and, uh, Hendrickson and uh, Sam Hubbard. Um, The secondary is not as good as, you know, as most, you know, they could be had. But at the end of the day, they can score fast with the Kansas City Chiefs, whereas the Tennessee Titans are a little bit more physical. They want to run the football. 
Um, they do have two good, you know, they got a, a, a extending receiver in A.J. Brown. He's very good. One of the top young receivers in the league who don't get mentioned. He's he's very underrated. Sometimes he, you know, he can be a little injured. He, you know, he goes down with Knicks and, you know, here and there. But when he's healthy, he's one of the top young receivers um, in the game. And he doesn't get highlighted enough. But he is a very, very good wide receiver in this game. And then you got Julio Jones. Who is Julio what he used to be? No. And injuries have kind of took that away from him. Um, but Julio is still somebody that you have to account for when he's on the field. You cannot just like, oh, that's Julio. He's done. He's he's washed up. No. If you don't account for Julio Jones, he could hurt you too. He could hurt you still too. And the key to this game will be because Cincinnati's offensive line is already bad. Now, <laughs> now they're missing, I think, their left tackle. And with that being said, with I just think that the Tennessee Titans, at first I was picking the Bengals, but I'm picking the I'm a, I'm pick the Tennessee Titans. I just think that their defensive line, they're gonna win the, the uh they're gonna win the battle in the trenches. And I just think that um Tannehill is gonna do just enough to win this game. I think Derrick Henry, if if healthy, him and Foreman as a one-two punch, I think they're gonna be able to run over this defense. They're gonna push them around, make it a physical game, um, and they're gonna come out with the win and go to the AFC championship for a second time in three in what they went not last year but the year before against us. So I think I think the Tennessee Titans are gonna win. I, I'm gonna pick a score of <sighs> 28 to 21, I just think that Joe Burrows is going to be under duress, and I don't think that he's going to be able to make those high power throws that he was making for most of the season. So, yeah, I got the Tennessee Titans making it an ugly, you know, physical game, 28 to 24. So, now – before we get into, we got some breaking news from earlier. Um, Willie Gay Jr. was arrested. Um, <coughs> he was arrested uh, earlier. La- he was arrested last night at ten thirty p.m. for mis- for a misdemeanor of criminal uh, destruction of property, which is you know. Uh, you know, is anything under a thousand dollars is a misdemeanor, and he has a court. He had a court date. Uh, uh, I don't know how it went. He probably has to pay a fine, and you know, whatever. <coughs> but uh, he he went over to his um, he went over to his uh, baby mother's house, to, I guess, to see his son or whatever. They got into it. Something happened. And he ended up breaking a vacuum, and she called the cops on him, and you know how that goes. Um, according to his represent representation, it, you know he they said that you know his his lawyer, I guess, pretty much said that you know it's nothing serious, nobody got hurt. He probably just gonna have to pay a fine, and it'll probably be a slap on the wrist. But the thing about it is, is we don't need those 
type of distractions around this time. We don't need them at all. But we definitely don't need it right now. We saw last year around the Super Bowl what distractions can do to this team. You know, with the with the Brent Reed situation, um, and this all was come like the week of the Super Bowl. There was just the the Brent Reed situation. Then the the barber haircut end up having COVID situation. It was just distract couple of distractions that I believe, and I'm not giving the Chiefs no excuses. You know, also the 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 mindset of. You know, Eric Fisher, he's out. The offensive line, it just was a lot that week. And as minuscule as this may seem with Willie Gay, we don't need no distractions. We don't need the team thinking about other things other than playing the Buffalo Bills. So hopefully Willie Gay Jr. gets that situation fixed. We've already went through a litany of, you know, couple toxic, you know, relationships with Tyreek Hill and his baby mother. We don't need to go through it again. So hopefully they get that resolved. Hopefully, you know, him and his baby mother could get on the same page and, you know, whatever the situation is, I don't know their relationship, but hopefully they get on the same page and, and move in a positive way. So... Now, let's talk about the Buffalo, back to the Buffalo Bills. Now, the Buffalo Bills beat us in week five, 38 to 20. Now, <clears throat> that was a different Chiefs team. Um, defensively, we were missing a lot of key pieces. Chris Jones didn't play that game. Willie Gay didn't play that game. Um, Shaverius Ward didn't play that game. Daniel Sorensen was starting over Juan Thornhill. Frank Clark was still dealing with injuries. We did not have Melvin Ingram yet. So this defense is, and Nick Bolton hadn't emerged just yet. So this defense is different. It is not the same defense in week five. Um, and I think that the addition of Chris Jones, Melvin Ingram, and a healthy, a healthy Frank Clark will be the difference in this game from week five. Um, I just think that we weren't defensively up front. The defensive line was not playing at the level that they're playing at right now. And I think Chris Jones can be a game record. This is the game where Chris Jones has to be a game record. He has to make – he has to make – they rush – make Josh Allen rush his throws. He has to make him uncomfortable. Melvin Ingram, Frank Clark, all of them, that the whole defensive line, we got to win the game in the trenches. And we got to make life uncomfortable for Josh Allen, especially with the crowd, loud. Frank, Josh Allen does not need any more confidence. He's already rolling high off of doing what he did with the Buffalo, with the New England Patriots. And they believe that this is their year. And the Chiefs defense is definitely going to have to show up. Um, the linebackers are going to be very key into this game as far as Josh Allen running the football. Um, Willie Gay Jr., if everything clears up and he don't have to sit out the game, 
if Willie Gay Jr. is in this game, he is very essential in the fact of when Josh Allen does those off-schedule runs, he's going to have to he's going to have to race to get to, you know, he's going to have to be on point. He's going to have to probably be a spy. Um, and the thing about Josh Allen is he's a big boy. These guys are going to might have to group tackle Josh Allen or just you got to wrap up for dear life and hopefully somebody else can come and help you out. When the guys get close to sacking Chris, uh, uh, Josh, when Chris, if Chris Jones is right there and he gets a hold of Josh Allen, he can't just you know think he got him. No, you got to wrap up, grab him, hold on to him because he is a big boy and he can shrug you off. And next thing you know, he's running up the field 10, 10, 15, 20 yards for a first down on a third and 10. The defensive line. The front seven is essential in this game. Yes, the secondary is important, too, because they got some guys, you know, with Diggs and Knox, Emmanuel Sanders. But they definitely have to make it. But that can all be um, neutralized if the defensive line shows up in this game. If Chris Jones has more than two, if Chris Jones has three-plus sacks, we win this game. If Frank Clark contributes and, and 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 or Melvin Ingram has a sack, that will be essential in this game. We will win we I have confidence that we will win that game if those guys are cooking. The, and that's what I believe. And which goes to the Buffalo Bills defense where the one thing that's different in this game is they don't have Traverius White. Now they're still very good, but I do and they, they were named the number one defense. Now I do think that they're the them being the number one de- defense is skewed because the level of competition that they were facing, they had one of the easier schedules. They had one of the ve- easiest schedules, especially down the line. They faced Zach Wilson twice, two or twice, or once. They faced Trevor Simeon. Um, I think they faced Cam Newton. Like the, it, it, it wasn't quarterbacks that were threatening. There was nobody. And then when they faced the quarterback like Tom Brady, when they faced Tom Brady and Buccaneers, they lost. They lost. So. And they got, you know, they got they got select. So it's gonna be very interesting to see if this defense um can give the Chiefs offense problems. Cause the one thing about this offense, and we saw early in the Steelers game, is that this offense can have a tendency to stall out. Can have some stall out runs and you know, one thing the offense has to be is very efficient. Very efficient. And Mahomes has to continue to do what he's been doing. Take what the defense gives you, man. Take the check down. Don't try to do nothing else. Unless it's there and needed. Don't do nothing that you don't need to do. If the running lanes are open, take the run. 
If, you know what I'm saying, if the check down for five yards is there, take the five yards. This offensive line is very essential. Like I said, this game is going to be won in the trenches on both sides of the football. Whoever um, linemen, offense and defensive linemen, win the day will win the game. So if our defensive line is cooking and our offensive line is blocking for Pat and opening up lanes, for running lanes for the running backs, I have a I have a very I'm very confident that the Kansas City Chiefs will win this game. Now, this week on national media, we've all heard it. We've all been hearing. You know, Mahomes versus versus Josh Allen. We've been hearing it all year. People have been crowning Josh Allen. People crown young quarterbacks all season, whether it be Herbert, Barrows. um, Now now it's uh, Josh Allen. They started doing Josh Allen last year. This year it was Herbert, and then it was Barrows. And this game, if Patrick Mahomes has a bad game and Josh Allen has 450 yards and five touchdowns and Mahomes has 220, a couple touchdowns, and he throws a pick or fumbles the football, the consensus will be Josh Allen has moved past Patrick Mahomes. Even with everything that, that Patrick Mahomes has accomplished, uh, first year getting MVP, second year getting a, a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP, like – uh, going back to the Super Bowl, even though they lost, going back to the Super Bowl. The narrative, and I've talked about narratives all season, the narrative on Patrick Mahomes will be he's been passed by. He is no longer the best quarterback in the league. Josh Allen is. Now, if, if Mahomes has... 450 yards and five touchdowns and the defense just doesn't play good. I think that the narrative will be that Josh Allen is in the same class as Mahomes. I would I don't I don't particularly think that they'll be like, oh well he's better than Mahomes. I just think that they'll be like, that's his equal now. They were already saying it, but I think this game will be like he's his equal now. If, if Mahomes plays a, a great game and he does everything he's supposed to do to win the game, but Josh Allen just, you know, he matches him, gets the ball last, marches down the field and, and has a game-winning field goal or touchdown, you know, the consistency will be, I don't think it will be he passed him, it will be more so like him and, Josh, him and Mahomes are equal. This is going to be the new Brady and Tom Brady and, and Manning, you know, matchup. And that's how they'll look at it. But if Mahomes has a bad game and Josh Allen has a great game, then it'll be like, uh, Josh Allen has passed Mahomes. Even if he loses in the AFC championship game next week, they'll still think that Josh Allen is better than Mahomes. Now, if Josh Allen has a bad game and Mahomes shows his butt off, I think that finally people will be like, you know what? 
I need to stop doubt. I need to stop being disrespectful to Patrick Mahomes. We take him for granted. We've been trying to put other quarterbacks over him because we're bored. But once again, he proved that he's the best in the league. Once again, in the big moments when the lights are the brightest, for the most part, Mahomes shows out. And those will be the narratives in those scenarios. But you know what's so funny about this game? You know what this reminds me of? Y'all remember when Kansas City used to always beat New England in the regular season for the most part? We'd always face New England, and everybody would pick New England to beat us, and we would destroy New England. Like, we would always have – remember the game where, you know, Brady had like two or three picks, and we was just all over them, and and I think we beat them like – I don't know. It it, it was a – Big score, like 38-17 or 40 something like that. And we just kicked their butt. And everybody, you know, we got people on the, yeah, I remember Trent Dilfer, but this is back when he was still with ESPN. And he was talking about, oh, Tom Brady is done. It's over. They're no good. And then the playoffs happened. And Tom Brady beats, we he it wasn't even close. They dogged us in, in the playoffs. And they go on to win the Super Bowl. And then the same thing happened um, in Alex Smith's first year. I remember the first game of the season. Um, everybody's picking the Chief, I mean the, the Patriots to win. And Alex Smith had, probably has one of his greatest games ever. Tyreek Hill. Uh, this is the Kareem Hunt coming out party. And we just destroy them. And then when the playoffs come around now, I think that was – no, that was the year we lost to Tennessee, so we didn't end up beating the Patriots. But I think if we had met up with the Patriots that season, we would have lost. We would have lost. And this is what this game reminds me of. This reminds me of this, – this is one of those, okay, everybody's like, oh, they beat them week five, they beat them bad, and then the playoffs come, and big brother once again prevails over little brother. And I just think that the Kansas City Chiefs, especially in Arrowhead, I just don't see the Buffalo Bills beating, especially with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. And him hearing all the noise outside of Josh Allen is better than him when he plays his A-plus game, and, and, and the Buffalo Bills are slightly better than the Chiefs, and I think they all hear that noise. And I just think that they're going to put it all out there on the field, and they're going to show that they're the better team. I think they're going to make uh, a couple of more plays on offense, and they're going to get a couple turnovers on defense. And I think they're going to beat the Buffalo Bills 38-28. 38-28. Kansas City wins, and they go to their, what, third, third or fourth? AFC championship game. They're fourth. They'd be their fourth AFC championship game in Nashville going against the Tennessee Titans. That is my pick. That's my prediction. So once again, I want to thank you guys. Hope you guys are having a good week. If you want to 
uh, subscribe to the Arrowhead Chief Podcast, you can go to any streaming website, whether it be Spotify, Apple, Google, um, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Breaker, whatever you listen to podcasts on, and Arrowhead Chief Podcast is on there. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Follow us. We'll follow you back. We're not Hollywood over here. We'll definitely follow you back. So, and I want to thank you guys for your support. I uh, hope you guys have a great weekend with divisional uh, playoffs. Um, should be a good weekend. Um, I'll, um, you know, real quick, I, I, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the L.A. Rams to beat the uh, the the Buccaneers. I know Tom Brady. You bet. No, I just think L.A. Rams just have a better team than the Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers are just dealing with too much injury, especially on that offensive line. And I'm taking the Green Bay Packers because I just think it's Green Bay's year. So. That's my time. I'm gone. Let's get this dub, Chiefs Keeping. Go Chiefs.